a director and his girlfriend return home from his movie premiere and decide to fight while awaiting critics' responses. We're talking movies. We're talking Malcolm and Marie, starring John David Washington and Zadaya, written and directed by Sam Levinson. So, Chris, fuck Malibu. <laughs> well, you know what, Malcolm? If you're going to treat me like an insane person and call me fucking crazy, the least you could do is do it without casually eating macaroni and fucking cheese. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How'd You Like That Movie? As Scott said, we're covering the 2021 film Malcolm and Maria. So, Scott... We always uh, start off with you, so why don't you tell us what you thought of Malcolm and Marie? To me, this film was a wonderful Broadway play. Oh, it, yeah, I can totally it, see that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's got a theater vibe to it. Yeah, like, well, obviously, with the this was one of the first films that were actually written, produced, shot during the pandemic in terms of a whole when it first started. So they're very limited on how much they can do because it's obviously one locale, only two actors. And according to those credits, there's not that many people that actually worked on the film because they had to keep everybody safe. Yeah, they uh, they actually did their own makeup, picked up their own costumes, and there was only 12 people allowed on the set at one time. So, So yeah, so to me, I think this would be like, a great play like in terms of a film it was you know it it was what it was right like yeah I, I and what was that scott that's the thing right like i appreciate what they tried to do with it and what he tried to accomplish while filming and i give kudos to sam levinson and to like I'll, the one thing i'll say is John David Washington and Zadea gave very strong performances in terms of. I'll I'll I'll, I'll agree with fifty percent of that statement. Real? Who? Yeah. I'm trying to wait before you even say. I'm trying to think who's the fifty. Are, are you, you saying, fucking serious? Are you saying of, between, Zendaya between, between Zendaya the... and and John David Washington? You can't you can't decide what part of that fifty percent I like which part of that hundred percent I would keep. I, I you you should very. I'm assuming it's Zendaya. I would keep her absolutely. Her fucking performance was fantastic. I thought his was well done as well. Oh my god, he well, played the arrogant, arrogant guy very well. And don't say he played himself because I will fucking reach over this computer and slap you. Okay, he uh, he was way out of his depth compared to Zendaya. Like you could tell her theater arts background, the fact that she's you know been on stage, done Shakespeare. Uh, have you actually, first off, have you ever seen her show, uh, Euphoria that's on Netflix or sorry, it's on HBO? I haven't yet, but that was also created by Sam Levinson as well. Yes, it is. Um, and a lot of the crew and stuff came from that show. Uh, the DOP did, the editor did, I'm sure a bunch of other, uh, below the line personalities did as well. Um, it's a fantastic show. I actually watched two episodes of it today. And yet again, it's one of those shows where I'm like, how the fuck have I not been watching this show? It's, it's, it's beautiful. And we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, that and uh, Sam Levinson a bit later on in the episode. But she is a fantastic actor in that show. Uh, she's actually the youngest winner of a primetime Emmy Award for her role in that, role, uh, that show. Um, 
You know, some of her acting credits are The Greatest Showman. She's going to be in June in Dune, uh, the Villeneuve production that's currently being finished up. Um, she went to the Oakland School for the Arts, and she did work with the American Conservatory Theater. So, for first off, for anybody who doesn't know this about me, uh, I, I'm a I'm a very partial to theater actors moving into film actors. I think that there is a level of training that you get in the theater that you don't develop in film. So I am biased to this. Washington was so fucking far out of his depth on this film. Um, you know what? I'm going to let you make some comments back on that because I, I've got some notes on this guy and I'm like, he was a bad casting. Cho- Hold on. You tell me why you think he was good. And then I will tell you why you are wrong. <laughs> oh my god really well, why even why even talk like, no 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 because it's a two-person no, podcast this is what we do let, here let's pretend we're to, uh tom and jerry or peanuts and i'll just go <laughs> bah, 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 bah. <laughs> and then you can just be like no scotty that's not okay so I'll, I'll give his monologue when she's in the tub and he's like breaking breaking it down in terms of where the inspiration for the the movie and the character act actually came from and then that whole heart shape jacuzzi bit and everything like that but i thought that was strong okay like, wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait was was the dialogue strong or was the delivery I, I of the, the dialogue strong because the actor is responsible strong. for the delivery okay go ahead i thought both was uh, i thought like literally like this movie i found was just one monologue after another monologue and some interaction but like his delivery of that dialogue was very well done in my opinion. And, you know, I'm not, I did not pay play Peter Pan in my grade eight <laughs> ballet. So what do I know? Hey man, it's the only <laughs> way they were going to let me wear tights to school. So, <laughs> so you, you, you thought he brought a, a like a, a, a fine performance. You, you enjoyed it. You found that he had the range for the role and all that stuff. Yeah. I like I'm not between, trying to set you up here. I'm just asking. Uh, like, I'm just she, trying to get some context. No, no, here. I'm not. I'm not. Trust me. Um, <laughs> I thought she had a stronger performance, but I thought he, in terms of between the two of them, carried himself as well. Like, at no point was I like, well, you know, as what somebody does say in this movie, I did not choose on the the choices that weren't done in terms of the auditions and who they chose to lead right sure they sure sure, sure. We can i only, thought he is choices we can only we can only talk about his acting in this role because he's the one acting in this role that's essentially what you're getting at right correct okay so first off my takeaway on him in general as an actor uh mm-hmm. i would consider him and i think i made this comment uh during our best of 2020 because i was talking about his performance in tenant um i consider him kind of like he's he's a, first off i consider him you know a novice actor compared to some of his contemporaries right like you know he's done he's done ballers he's done tenant he's done some other stuff and then but most of the time was uh him as a football player and being just like a young young person so you know he doesn't have a ton of time on screen for someone of his age who's you know getting the recognition he gets so i would say that he is a capable actor like i said a journeyman actor someone who can show up read lines and generally you know be passable but in this film 
this film required, and, and I have issues with the script and stuff too, but I'll talk about that as a separate piece, is that in this film, you needed a dramatic actor, someone who was, who was a very capable and trained dramatic actor. And I'm sorry, I don't think that his roles in, ball, in Baller, or Baller, is it Ballers with an S? Yes, it's with yeah, an ass. Really prepped him for this. And like, okay, so people are going to say, well, but what about the Golden Globe nod that he got for Black Klansman? It's like, yeah, he was in a film directed by Spike Lee. He had, um, oh, what the heck's his name there? Uh, the guy from that 70s show. Adam Driver. Oh, no. Well, he had oh, Adam Driver as well. Um, so anyway, the point, gonna, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the, the point I'm going to make is fantastic director, fantastic script, fantastic actors all around him, right? So... He was really like supported in that role and he did fine in that role. I mean, uh, I personally don't find Black Klansman a fantastic standout movie that everybody thought it was, but it's, it's, it's not a bad film. Um, and I just felt that like his acting in this was, it was overacted. A lot of his lines were like rushed. Uh, like he couldn't wait to get his lines out. Uh, you know, sometimes when you deliver, there, there is power in stillness. There is power in silence, in the breath. And I'm, I'm talking as, a, as an actor, as a theater-trained actor at this point. That You know, there's times when saying nothing is stronger than saying something. And just because something's written as a monologue, it just means you're the only one saying it. It doesn't mean it all has to come out like this, and I'm going to say all these lines really, really, really quickly. And <gasps> you know what I mean? Take some time. Take some time. And I don't know if that was an issue with the director and him. I just honestly, I think it's his inexperience. And he was also acting op- uh, op- uh, opposite someone who's a very, very capable actor. Anyway, do you have anything to say on those particular issues? Well, obviously you are entitled to your opinion. Um, and, you know, that that's how you see it. I thought, I didn't see him rushing his lines a lot. Like, I thought in terms of the performance, when he start, when the movie starts, Yes, like he was saying his lines quickly because technically he's the director who's super excited that his film just premiered. He's pretty sure he killed it, right? And he's just like throwing knowledge at his girlfriend, right? Mm. The other thing I would say is that the lines are delivered in the same register all the time. Like there's no inflection in the lines. It's all just kind of right here all at the same pace all at the same tempo it's very monotone and it's very okay i will I, get, I, I will give you that like he it, there wasn't much inflection you know there was a couple when he would scream out her name when he was looking for her twice which he and i felt the over and so the scenes where he should be emotional it was like there was it almost felt like in the script it said be emotional and he was like ah Ah, I'm being emotional. Ah, same with the one seat, the scene where he cries. It felt so put, I'm watching him do it. And I'm like, oh, this is where in the script it says cry. And he's like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Look, my Oscar motion, uh, 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 moment. It reminded me, do you remember in um, uh, Wayne's World when uh, he starts crying and, and it cuts to that, like, uh, it says like Oscar moment. And he's like, and I never learned to read. And she's like, are you serious? And he's like, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> that's what it felt like it felt so fucking put on he was to me other than the big issues i have with the script i would have i would have replaced him and i even just because i know there's listeners out there being like oh yeah who the fuck would you replace him with and i'm gonna be like okay well so uh depending on how old you want to go we could go as old as uh marshall ali from like green book uh and uh moonlight 
we could go as young as Stephen James, who's, by the way, from Toronto. He was in If Beale Street Could Talk, and he was on Degrassi with Drake. Whoop, whoop. Managed to shoehorn a Canadian uh, statement in here. Or uh, Joven- Canadian statement. Who I, w- I would put in a movie. <laughs> has no, no I'm, just, I'm just like constructing a narrative here so I can get my Canadian uh, content, my, my CanCon. Uh, or I would put in uh, Joven, uh, Joven Adipo, uh, who was in Fences with uh, his dad, actually. Um, who was in uh, The Stand and The Watch? Well, I guess The Stand's not out yet. Uh, but he's in Watchmen. So there's, there's lots of capable uh, black actors that could have played that role. Maybe they got Washington because he's a bigger name. I don't know. Uh, I, I would or, I would have not cast him. Maybe it's just in terms of proximity, right? Who was close by. 100% available, <laughs> that, right? Like, was willing to work was during a the pandemic. So Exactly. I mean, and so I'm that, not, That's I'm, what I say. You got to give him kudos. And to my knowledge, from what I read, like, this thing was made super tight that I think it was only two days that it was filmed. Oh, I didn't get that. But I know that they only spent uh, two and a half oh. million bucks on it. So... That's pretty good. Yeah, from what from what I remember, uh, from what I read, uh, that it was only yeah, it was like literally like two days that they filmed this movie. So so that's impressive. If that's if that's even true, like that's super impressive because they're shooting. They're it also, was on the internet. It must have been true. Well, they're also shooting on thirty five millimeter black and white film. Like they're shooting on film. So mm. there's a whole there's a whole other ball game that comes into that. So if they shot this thing in like forty eight hours on film, like it's definitely impressive because. It's a feature. It's uh, it's, it's in 106 hard. minutes, so it's like what one hour, 45 minutes long, something like that. Yeah, like time wise, I thought it was it was done well, and uh, would you, like would, in terms of you, like what man, what I would cut uh, the long, like how fucking big was this house that you can't find your girlfriend? Sure. Like, yeah. Twice. There's there's lots. Twice. Of, so you know we <laughs> like, can, I didn't need to watch it twice. You know, we can talk about pacing and stuff like that. Uh, I agree. So first off, right off the bat, um, I am not going to be kind to the length of this film. This film, I would say being generous, this film should have been 60 minutes long. This should have been a short film. Um, most of the... most of the, Okay, so this film too, was too long in the sense that that script had lots of great dialogue in it. Uh, you know, I, I think that he did a good job, you know, writing a script. But I feel that Sam Levinson needed to have a script doctor come and be like, that's good. That's good. Now let's chop all this other stuff away and have it. It felt like he was trying to make a two hour long film. You know what I mean? Like, how how can I make this film longer instead of what is the story I want to tell? What is my story arc? What what tools do I have to get there? And the film becomes the length the film becomes instead of. I don't want to make a short film. So like you said, like there's lots of like great and I, man, I'm a sucker for cinematography, but sometimes there was just like the, the, the cinematography would just drag on certain scenes would drag on, um, dialogue. Like, so I actually, okay. I actually, I have a, one of my quotes. I have two quotes this time because I think, sorry, sorry. Can I just interject for one sure, hundred percent before I forget what I'm thinking about in terms of your summation of the argument and like how long this movie is. Yep. Uh, that is 100% a reflection of you being single as a married man. <laughs> that is how long an argument goes. Like you think it's over and then literally it starts right back up again. <laughs> right? so, but so. I think, so I'll, you know what? I will concede that you, your, your perspective on this is probably better than mine in this, the, the marriage aspect. 
that that execution still could have been done better. You know what I mean? You could have still done that. You could have still, I, and I, the audience can't see, but I'm making hand gestures of like up and down. Like you can still have that wave where you think it's done, blah, blah, blah. But you can tighten up that dialogue and, you know, throw out some stuff. Like there's some really, really, really long sections in there where I'm like, this, this is not moving the story forward. This isn't moving the narrative forward. Um, so as I said, I have two quotes. So the first one I'm going to talk about is from uh, uh, K. Austin Collins from Rolling Stone. And I love this. It gets a little boring. Uh, sorry, it gets a little boring. Turn the movie off at the 20 minute mark and you can ult- ultimately say that you've seen the entire thing. So I actually ran a test. 20 minute mark, eh, a bit short. But at about the 31 mil- uh, minute mark, if you were to like fade to black, show titles, you would have a totally completed movie. You wouldn't, you're right. You wouldn't get all the nuance that you're talking about uh, with the, the dynamic and stuff like that. But like, I could literally go in and chop this film down to 31 minutes and it would be a perfectly fine short film. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I, I did not do that test, so I cannot uh, um, agree actually, nor disagree, but, one of the and things- I'm not willing to do that test because to be <laughs> honest, I'm like, not going to did- watch it again. No, it's not like a film like this is not one that I would watch again, right? This is like technically this is it's like well they discussed it in the film. It's like Citizen Kane, right? Like yeah, it's you know, boring. People, I wouldn't say boring. Like you watch it. Like if you appreciate film, you'll watch it, right? And all these people don't say they know Citizen Kane, just like he said in the film. Yeah, but literally, you watch it and then that's it, right? Yeah, and I honestly, I had, I had, a, I had a hard time actually getting through it without like staying engaged. Uh, and then I, like I said, I watched another full hour of it just to make, see if I could do that thirty minute, uh, thirty one minute thing. And I was like, I'm done. Like I don't, I don't, I don't need to watch any more of this fucking movie. Uh, it kind of drags on. And now all I can see is, like I said, I've already made this decision that uh, uh, David Washington is is overacting, and now I can't unsee it. You know what I mean? Well. But, but uh, now, hold ahead. on, hold on. I just, but before we move on, one of the things I, I forgot, thought, it's your podcast. No, no, no. I just, I, I'm going <laughs> to forget this one thing. Uh, one of the things I did like that they did at the very beginning is they showed a full credit roll. And that, to me, that makes me think that it's because they know it's going on to Netflix and people don't watch the fucking credits. So it's not fair to the grip and the gaffers and all the other people that worked on this film because people are like, oh. What's the next show I can watch? What's the next movie? So I, I definitely give them props for doing that because, I mean, filmmaking is a, is a very uh, big process and it's a communal, uh, communal process. So it's good that uh, those people are getting credit. Anyway, I cut you off. What were you going to say? No, no. I was going to say also I found it super interesting that I, I think it was like the title of the film is what, 13 minutes into the film mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when it actually says Malcolm and Marie. It's like a cold open. Now, in terms of doing the research for this film – there's the, I don't like to me. I don't see how it's controversy, but the age difference between the two actors. Yeah, I don't, how, I, I, don't, I don't see how that's a fucking controversy either. I was like, wait, because because no one in Hollywood is what ten years older than the person they're dating. Come on, give me a fucking break here. Like, that was fake controversy is what that was. And I'm I couldn't. I I even tried to like look into that and go. Am I missing something here? But it was yeah, just the age I'm like, thing. she's like, 24. He's 30, what, 33 what? or something like that. Or 32. Like, 
something or no i think he's like 35 or something like that oh okay or i have it here uh it's a 12 year age gap okay right so she he's 36 but she's not she's not 18 she you know any like she's she's an adult she's like a full grown adult and in the film playing it i know in terms of her movie role she's usually playing high school college whatever uh kids but i was like where was this controversy in 1985 Mm -hmm. with a view to the kill because roger moore was 58 and his love interest his love interest was 30 so that's a 28 year age gap yeah because nobody cares no nobody cared then and like we still do it now right like i I even found another one that was kind of recent yeah and it was dirty grandpa Robert De Niro was 72 years old yes. and Audrey Plaza was 32. That was a 40 year age gap. Yes. And that's in a movie, and, let alone what these motherfuckers are doing in real life. Yeah. So I was like, where was this? But yeah, I don't, I don't get the controversy either, but Hey, teach their own. So, uh, did you, uh, did you like the aesthetic and stuff like that? Like, were you entertained by it or did you sort of just like, Eh. Like, did you like the cinematography? Yeah, I did. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Like, especially the their, the scenes when they go, I don't know if it's the garage or whatever, but there's the big fucking tree and when they're going outside yep. and then he ends up in like a garage or something like that, looking for her and then coming back in through the house somehow. Uh-huh. I enjoyed I enjoyed that like that like kind of long pan like medium shot long pan and then all of a sudden she comes into frame from behind the tree because she was sitting down pissing yep and then the other the one cinematography shot I didn't get was the the last scene in the movie okay like that if and I'm not gonna you know knock him on his choices but just as an example, when he's like I'm saying, when he we're doing the second search for her through the house and through everything, if you're gonna end the shot where he started on the bed and she's just outside the window, yep. How the fuck did he not just get up and look outside? Yeah, I know, I know. That's that's just like jerking the cinematographer jerking off, right? Like, and the director yeah. being like, "Oh, this is gonna be a cool shot." Like, there was that whole end part where they're like, "There, it's not quite a split screen. It looks like it's a cool shot," but I'm like where are you guys going with this? You know what I mean? Oh yeah. When they're doing the contemplation yes. and the one, the one shot she's in, on the shitter and then he's lying in the bed and then the other shots like him. So I actually, wherever. I actually, it's funny. I want to, I want to talk about the bathroom shots. Like, cause there's multiple shots. Well, there's shots of her peeing both in the bathroom and outside or like it's, it's implied. Um, so well, no, no, no. The first one is, is definitely a poo. Well, she's going to the bathroom. She went that, number two. That, she went number two with the first one. <laughs> okay. Because that was a very long pee if it wasn't. <laughs> uh, anyway, that is not where I was going. Uh, but so I went, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm watching Euphoria and I'm like, so is this him being like edgy? Like, oh, here we are showing people like peeing and stuff like that. Sort of like, uh, I think Psycho is the first time in a film you saw a toilet, not even being used, but a toilet. Um, and I'm, I, I saw a lot of similarities, actually. And once you go and watch Euphoria, I think, and anybody who's seen Euphoria, if you watch this, you'll pick up some of this subtle stuff. Because, as I said, like the DOP, the, the cinematographer, is the same cinematographer from 
I would say, I think it's six, six of the 10 episodes. And he also worked with him on, um, assassination nation. Oh, and by, sorry, by him, uh, I'm referring to Sam Levinson. So Sam Levinson does the TV show euphoria. He does assassination nation, uh, which looks really cool. It's got a 74 and a 54 on rotten tomatoes. Uh, he did another film called another happy day. Not so well loved. It's got a 46 and a 44. Um, so his, uh, DOP and his editor worked on both of those projects, right? So there's a certain aesthetic style. Uh, there's a lot of like neon and stuff that's doing, which obviously they don't use in this black and white footage. Um, but these stylized elements of like people going to the bathroom, I'm like, is this like a thing? Is this like a Tarantino foot thing? Like, I'm going to have to watch some of else, some more of his work and see if he like always has people going to the bathroom or something like that. So, whoa, whoa, actually, before we, before we move on. So I got, you know, I got to bring this up. You know who this guy's dad is, right? Sam Levingston. Yeah. Do you know who his dad is? I'm guessing something Levingston. I'm sure when you say the name, I'm going to be like, ah, so do you know, writer, director, producer, Barry Levinson? I do. Do you know what films he's done or any of the films he's done? Off the top of my head. Give me one and I'll name them all. Okay. Rain Man. Okay, yes. <laughs> so he's done Rain Man. I'm, and he's got a whole list. So he's been like, he's been he's been nominated uh, and won uh, Oscars for like screenwriting, for production, for directing. Rain Man, Goodwill Hunting. Or sorry, no. Rain Man, Good Morning Vietnam. Bugsy. Wag the Dog. Wag the Dog. Sleepers. Like, I don't know, Ooh, man. I really like Sleepers. Sleepers are good, man. This guy's dad is a fucking phenomenal uh, filmmaker. And... Again, this all this is sort of like uh, if you guys haven't heard our episode on promising young women, our guest uh, Ali Iceman came on and she talked about Hollywood and said basically you need to either be born into it, you need to buy into it, and in some respects you got to marry into it. And I mean, there's a whole lot of fucking nepotism going on in here, both from Sam Levinson and John David Washington. But you know, uh, Zaden, how do you say her name? Zadania. Zendaya? 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 I mean, she started from the bottom and now she's fucking here. So, I mean, I don't know if that proves my point or not, but, like, there's a whole lot of fucking nepotism going on in this movie. Um, <clears throat> so, they made this thing for <laughs> $2.5 and sold it to Netflix for $30 bucks. Not a bad fucking turnaround on uh, profit during the, during the pandemic, don't you think? No, I, I believe... I, from when I'm checking, too, uh, I'm pretty sure it's, like, pretty high on voodoo as well in terms of rentals for the people that don't have Netflix or something. Oh, really? So like they're, they're probably... making money off rentals of the movie as well. So, I don't know. Would you... Would you would you recommend this movie or what? And who, who would... If you would, who would you recommend it to? This film? Mm-hmm. I would say film students. Yeah, I would say that too. Uh, anybody looking for a strong female lead and a strong female performance, I would say I would recommend it to them as well because she does take over, right? Like her, like she does have like the, I don't want to say the range, but her character's journey as well starts like from, you know, okay, regular. Yeah. Yeah, you see her. You see her from the highs and the lows, right? I, I would and call that range. Psycho. Like her, her, her yeah. character arc is there, and she executes that character arc. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would agree as well. 
because that's what I was saying, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Chris, have it. Chris, telling you, uh, Scott, Scott's, Scott's mind. Don't uh, Chris explain me. <laughs> Chris explain instead of right. yeah, Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I, I, I would recommend it to like people who want to check out some cool cinematography. I mean, you know that quote I gave about watching the first twenty minutes. Like, you can watch the whole thing. It's roughly it kind of just kind of repeats itself. Um, I really think that Sam Levinson, if he wants to continue doing like art stuff, um, I mean the work that he does, that's good on like euphoria. That's because he's got a writer's room, um, assassination nation. He seemed to do okay with, with the black comedy. If he wants to keep going down this route, I think he needs to maybe give up some of that control and bring on like a script doctor or something like that and kind of work his scripts a bit because I mean, there's good stuff there. And you know, I, I, I'm like you, I, I think it was an awesome effort. Um, <clears throat> I just didn't think he, he, he didn't execute it properly. Um, the last thing I'm going to say on this is a quote from the Austin Chronicle uh, from Salome Halu. It says, Malcolm and Marie is less a coherent narrative than it is a beautified slideshow of ideas. These ideas are often compelling, but still just ideas. And uh, yeah, that's all for me, Scott, unless you got anything else you want to talk about. Oh, no, I think that's pretty much it. Again, I some i enjoyed it i'd say like if you, you got an hour and a half hour and 40 minutes or if you want to go to sleep you know either one uh will work <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I would recommend it i would recommend watching it and i think it's going to get some awards as well or at least some nominations see and that's actually you know just just before we get out of here that's one of the things that i'm not liking is everybody's talking about john david washington like oh this you know groundbreaking performance because i'm like it wasn't like it really wasn't and he needs to continue to do more work you know what i mean and it's like this idea that you do like three fucking films and then they give you an oscar it can happen but i mean it's not normal and again i don't want people to start being like oh he delivered a you know normal performance he actually he, i think he un, he overacted and underperformed in this film so to give him an award would be to reward bad professional work you know what i mean anyway that's me i've said my piece on that okay and that is our rant for the day please like and subscribe to this podcast you can also reach us and interact with us on social media at how do you like that one or email us at how do you like that movie at gmail.com I will give you this because of that scene. I was, you know, I was 40 years old when I realized apparently if I have to eat macaroni and cheese in a suit, I got to flick my tie over <laughs> my shoulder and undo my my cuffs to, to go down and start eating it. I was like, man, I just would have just ate normal, right? Tie down. But I'm like, I didn't want to get the tie in the macaroni. 100, yeah, 100%. 100%. Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.